Jason Lee Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Jason Lee Podcast. I know you all want to clap. You just, it's enough. I'm going to push the applause button right here. Damn, don't you miss the days when you would watch talk shows and people would actually clap? Every time I turn to the Jennifer Hudson show, everybody's asleep. Uh, and Tamron, I think you're paying those people to clap. But anyway, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, yes, yeah, some, some thread, some shade will be thrown. A little bit, only when it's necessary. Um, but I want to say what up to my bullpen. Marina's here today and Rob Smith. Now, Rob, as you all know, is my friend of over 15 years who I was laying on his couch when I had the dream of Hollywood Unlocked and the dream of everything I'm doing now. Uh, and we decided we couldn't live together no more because we became it became a competition to see who could have more hookups than the other. But he's usually in the control room screaming at the top of his lungs about the opinions in this show. So here we welcome you here to see how uh, much uh, how lack of fear that you have in participating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. OK. Laugh if you want to. Mm -hmm. Listen, this past week, I've been up to a lot of things. And this is where this is the part of the show where like you all have to put some respect on my name. You know, I'm out here doing a lot of work, the Lord's work is what I call what I do, regardless if you acknowledge it or not. Some of you are blasphemous and your prayers ain't getting answered anyway. This is what I did this past week. I got honored um, uh, by Tiffany Haddish at her foundation, She Ready Foundations Award. I got the Hero Award. I'm gonna give myself a round of, a, a round of applause. I got the Hero Award and here's a little, do we have a photo of that? This is a photo from this past weekend's event. That uh, was my look there in my tuxedo with my friends. I thought it was a really important thing, but here's an observation I saw that I wanna say, and I always say to black folks talking about they wanna be excellent, they wanna do this, they wanna do that, they wanna support each other, why we ain't getting no support, why the man ain't gave us a reparations, and some of you are still waiting for those 40 acres and a meal that ain't coming. I found it interesting that Tiffany, as black as she is, had this event in the hood. I was driving that big old Mercedes all down Hoover and Adam Street into the hood, but into a beautiful space where she had this worship. And I asked her, did you invite any black celebrities? Because Jimmy Kimmel was there, Joy Co Joe, Joe Coy. Mm -hmm. Joe Coy was there, and that other guy, hes I guess he's famous, the one that took the a shirt comedian, off. yeah. Paris, Paris Hilton, Hilton DJ. And Snoop pulled up, and he usually does. And, and, and uh, Jimmy Kimmel always pulls up for... For Tiffany, but I didn't see a lot of black celebrities there. And the thing that bothers me is that when it comes to supporting our own and supporting the good things that we're doing, we don't show up for each other. We don't show up until it's something that we're being acknowledged for by white people. I don't know what this validation is, this need to be validated by white is, and why you house are out there running amok, not understanding that together we're stronger. Uh, but I guess you need permission for white people to tell you. Jimmy Kimmel and all those white folks were dancing their ass off and raised over $300,000 for foster kids and did so during Mental Health Month, which I don't, I, I just still can't wrap my mind around where all the blacks were. What did you think? Did that Was that noticeable to you? I, absolutely. And like you said, Tiffany always advocates for people of color, whether it's on sets mm -hmm. or through, you know, putting her events and programs in black communities. More black people need to show up for her consistently because she always puts in the work for us mm -hmm. but she so. did say that she made it a thing to hire only black employees for the whole event which that goes back to the whole point right? right like black supporting black right betting on right. black now tiffany and i are going to can uh next month to sit on a boat a yacht with gary v and a bunch of brands to talk about investing in black and the importance of investing in black but you can't teach white people how to invest in black until you invest in your own and mm -hmm. I, I can tell you i've created many spaces and i it had me in my mind this morning, because as I woke up preparing for therapy, which a lot of us need to get in, uh, I was thinking about a lot of the people that don't show up for me. And my mind started to go down this path of, I'm gonna cut this one off, I'm gonna unfollow this one. And I did unfollow a couple of y'all and it's okay. You can reconcile that with your therapist. But I started thinking about all the different people that didn't show up for me, 
And then I had to make a decision that I was going to have a different day because sometimes we start becoming a part of the problem that we see as a problem because, oh, you're doing it, so I'm going to do it to you. And then it just becomes this cyclical thing where we're all doing it to each other, not like you and your community, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, do on others as they do on to you. Uh, but I try to say, do on today I woke up, I said, I'm going to do on to others as I want them to do on to me. And I decided to change the trajectory of my day by doing something nice for a friend of mine. And Jill King, who was a friend of all of ours, she helped me format the Jason Lee show. Not this mess that you are tuned into today, but where I'm sipping cappuccino and all the interviews that you've been watching over at Revolt. Jill has won multiple Emmys, and I made it a goal of mine to win an Emmy or to at least be nominated at some point. So she helped me format the show. She and I helped to uh, convince Marina to come on as supervising producer of the show, and she's just such a good person. Mm -hmm. But for people that may not know Jill, how would you describe her just in a few words? Jill is sunshine. She's always doing stuff for other people. She's always big up in you, Jason. And I, she's the friend that hypes you up in rooms that you're not in. And she always does stuff and never gets her flowers back. So I'm so excited for what you did. Loving, confident, and completely flawless at what she does. Like she Period. pulled she pulled this the plan together for the Jason Lee show so quickly and so perfectly and like really, really helped to build it to where it is now. So Jill is she's that girl. So Jill's been posting on her Instagram this video, photos, every update I know of Taylor Swift. I don't I know more about Taylor Swift in the Swifties. <laughs> Then I ever thought I would want to. I, I heard more about her when I used to work with Kanye, but now that I don't, I don't hear her name as much. But Jill posts her so much that uh, I had to do something nice for her, and this is what I did. Take a look. Hey, it's me, Jason, from Hollywood Unlocked. You know, I believe in random acts of kindness, but not for random people, just for people that matter. And when you're in a position to do something nice for people who do things nice for you, you should do them. And I'm gonna do something nice for my friend Jill who helped me format the Jason Lee Show. Now this girl done won like four or five Emmys. I don't even know how many Emmys and I'm trying to get an Emmy because Hollywood Unlocked is on the pulse of Emmys, all right? And so I told Rob right there that I was gonna do something nice for Jill King and this is what I did. Now check your text. Okay. What's this? What does it look like? Jason, what's that? What does it look like? Jason, what's that? <laughs> what does it look like? <laughs> what does it look like? I can't. Are you kidding? No, because I know that you've helped me so much and we all appreciate everything you did for us. And I know that you would lose your damn mind because this woman <laughs> oh is my God. somehow Taylor Swift <laughs> is important. So I figured. An act of kindness would be a great way to start our day. Jason, I don't even know what to say. Um, thank you and have fun at Taylor Swift's concert. Thank you and don't make fun of me for crying. Oh, I'm absolutely going to. <laughs> so cute. It blessed my thug passion heart to be able to do something <laughs> oh, kind. You know, it actually changed my whole day. It changed my whole mindset of how I was going to approach the day because it didn't take a lot for me to do something nice for another ticket did cost a lot of money. But, you know, for what she's done for us, I think it was worth it.
And I Jill was just talking about how she was she couldn't afford the tickets, so she was gonna watch the show from the parking lot. So the fact that you did this, I wish people saw this light of you because I feel like nobody really sees it. Nah, because then they're gonna try me and then that's when we're gonna have bronze. Oh, but anyway, <laughs> make sure you're giving your friends their flowers. Oh my God. I just thought I would get out the way. You know, this team never knows when that's going to happen. Oh so it always makes it a fun experience. Oh my God. And I'm going to hand it off to Tiffany now and say, I know you're friends with Taylor. And so Jill's going to the concert. I'll tell you the day. You should see if Taylor Swift will meet her. I think that would be fun to pull full circle to this. All right. Well, listen, um, that was all the fun stuff for the day that I've had. But let me tell you some news. It was really sad. Uh, we want to say rest in peace to Tina Turner, who was an icon. You know, she paved the way for a lot of the girls that we know today. And, you know, you hear people say that, like we say Michael Jackson paved the way for people. They did. Those of you that are in a TikTok world and don't know music outside of the TikTok world, go do your research. But Tina Turner passed away at the age of 83 and she died from uh, uh, unspecified illness. We don't know what that is. And we're not even going to spend our time trying to figure out what that is. But remember, Tina moved away from the United States a long time ago and actually changed her residence, well, not her residency, her, um, what do you call it? Citizenship. Her citizenship. No, yeah, she, she changed yeah. her citizenship because she said that the United States was too ghetto. I don't <laughs> think that she said that, but uh, I understand it. And she lived in Zurich, uh, Switzerland. And anyway, she, she passed away and it was a really sad moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and what's love got to do with it? pulls my heartstrings every time. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And that's kind of, you know, my introduction to the world of Tina Turner. I know it was a dramatic one and a sad one, but, you know, just the struggle that that woman went through in life to and to see her come out on top. And like you and I talk about this all the time. Like if I was to relocate somewhere, it would probably be overseas just because I just feel like there's more opportunity there from relationship perspectives, just oh enjoyment God. of life perspectives. But first of all, the so. countries that you would want to move to, you would die for the things you do. Like, <laughs> I, I I would I I want to move to the UAE, but I would not be your neighbor in the UAE because the, the Muslims would show up and you would be in trouble. Well, uh, but there are parts of the world like, and I will say for people that don't travel, like you got to get out because we're told over here what different parts of the world is and is not, and and you know where they're evil and where there's not evil. And then when you get out around the world, you're like, hold on a minute, um, that's not actually how it is. And maybe if it is, it's in pockets because we don't see it. But nonetheless. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't move to Switzerland though, because everybody goes to bed apparently at nine o'clock, and there ain't a lot of clubs. <laughs> yeah, no. And I don't know if your grinder would work over there. But either way, um, you know, shout out to um, to all the fans online that have been reposting Tina. And there was something that I saw that uh, Tina, uh, a conversation she had with Oprah around actually dying that um, I was inspired by. Take a listen. Oprah, you can get emotional when you start to talk about that. To be able to get to this stage, and say even when it's time to leave and go to another planet. Yeah. Excited about that because I'm curious. Yeah. I want to know what's, what is it about? Yeah. <laughs> you know, nobody can tell you. Yeah. Because nobody has come back to. So I'm, I'm not excited about to die, but I don't, I don't regret it when it's time for me. I've, I've done what I came here to do. Yeah. Now it's pleasure. I've got great friends. Great. I have a great man in my life. Now I have a great husband and I'm happy. Yeah, I understand what she's saying. As I get older, I mean, I'll turn 46 in a few months, uh, which is crazy because this year flew by and the years are flying by. And when you think about it, my father died at 75, which is 30 more birthdays away. So 30 more birthdays until the age of my father passed away. When you do get a certain age, you do get to a point where you like, I want to live out the best, highest quality of life and purpose on Earth now. So that way, when it is time to transition 
that I can just say I've had an enjoyable life and I'm excited for the future. Um, do you, what is your reconciliation with death? Where are you? I mean, the way I feel is if I had a life like Tina Turner and if I was that age, I would feel just like how she said, at peace. And she's an icon. Like she did so much in her life that people who would live 300 years could never do. So I feel like as long as you live out your life, just how you say, I don't like to think about it, but. Yeah, and I've gotten to a point in my life where I've experienced the loss of a lot of people who are close to me. So I've come to a point where I understand that that's the next step. You know, uh, you know, there's birth and then there's death. So we all are going to experience those two things. But for me right now, I'm not ready for it because there's so much more I want to accomplish in life. But for a, a person like Tina Turner, who's lived her life on a world stage and she's been so successful, she's influenced so many people in such a beautiful way. Like, yeah, live out the rest of your life in happiness and joy with your husband and just escape all the, the cameras and, you know, just well, and, joy. And even if you're not where Tina Turner was in terms of accomplishments or happiness, like some of you could be happy because a lot of you trolls online are not happy. You're not happy. And I don't know where the unhappiness comes from. Maybe your father went to the liquor store and didn't come home. Maybe your mother, when you when you got older, found out that was actually your grandmother because your mother didn't come home. I don't know what those issues are. We've all had our issues. One of you trolls tried me online. I'm just going to read you real quick. And I don't know who you are because I went to your Instagram and your bangs were cut so low I couldn't even get into the face that I was looking at. But you said something about, um, and by the way, before y'all say don't attack a black woman, it was a man with bangs. Um, let me just tell you what this person said to me. They said, Jason Lee, is he, he ain't aging well. He look old. And I had to really sit in that because one, we know that ain't true. And two, I realize a lot of your friends are dying at 20. And a lot of the young people nowadays, all your friends are dying young. And so that's what you think being old looks like because if you turn 21 you made it no you should be able to live to 45 65 85 95 if you choose to live a healthier life but instead but i i went on instagram and i was paid and i said just because most of your friends and family are dying at 20 doesn't mean that aging is a bad thing and i meant every word of that and i'm not ashamed of that and if you're somebody out there who trolls people for how they look because me and madonna have talked about ageism she's 65 or 63 or 64 but 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 the younger people now that are now getting social media and seeing Madonna, you just see Madonna from that vantage point, that optic of her rolling around in them tight ass plastic <laughs> panties, which you, Madonna, you probably should stop rolling around the panties at this point. But the fact that she's doing so with so much confidence at 63, if you knew what she stood for over the decades in terms of pushing the agenda for different uh, issues like ageism. You know, uh, we understand that's a, a, a thing that she should be fighting for. Mm -hmm. uh, just really quick story. Uh, I invited Rob to dinner one night with Madonna. And Rob, you act different in front of white people. How? Oh, my God. <laughs> Explain. Elaborate. Like, she's somebody you could have been a full-out slut in front of like you are. <laughs> but even today on this microphone, the way you're talking, like you're using your degree from FAMU. He doesn't know shit about black people, but he throws his black degree in my face every chance he gets. Not true. Okay, whatever. Now, you could have been a whole ass slut in front of Madonna. You could have talked about Grinder. You could have talked about whips and chains and you know, the whole, you know, the sexual jokes we talk about, yeah. right? And the stories. Why did you why did you come there with like your blue collar criminal mind? <laughs> because it was my first time meeting Madonna. And as a fan, I have so much respect for that woman. So for me, I didn't want to like walk into the room and just be completely inappropriate the first time I met her. There had to be like I had to warm her up a little bit. So she, if, I, if we hung she, out again, she's she would have actually loved you if you'd have been like how much dick have you actually sucked? <laughs> she would have actually. Is that how you came to her the first time you met her? No, but we, no. When she tried to get at one of my.
Anyway, anyway, hey, Madonna. So uh, shout out to Tina. I don't know how we got so far from Tina. And what I will bring it back to, and when we talk about icons, because like Tina, um, uh, Madonna is an icon. Now you all are now attacking another icon. Y'all are attacking Beyonce because Beyonce and Jay-Z, they, there's a line in a song, Drunk in Love, where they talked about or made a mockery of, alleged mockery. I'm going to put, which the alleged? Alleged. Allegedly. Alleged mockery of the um, abuse from Ike Turner. And people are dragging her. Now, the the uh, rap that Jay-Z said, he says, and I don't rap, so I'm just going to read it because it's right here. He says, I'm Ike Turner. Turn up, baby. No, I don't play. Now, eat the cake, anime. I say, eat the cake, anime. Well, listen, it was a song y'all didn't drag him for before, but now you mad because selective outrage is somewhere found your destination and now you want to attack Beyonce. But why y'all attacking the black woman? Ain't this still the people y'all trying to protect online? Why aren't y'all attacking Jay-Z? Why? Because he too rich. He don't give a fuck. And he ain't on Instagram. But do you think Beyonce cares? No, no. Beyonce is not going to respond. She, she never responds and she doesn't need to. And first of all, she just quoted a line from an iconic film so, like, who cares? She's, it, it, it's something that was going to resonate with the audience. Like, and get over not yourself. only does Beyonce not care, clearly, Tina Turner doesn't care. Because that song was old as hell. Tina and Turner's she had a dead. Problem. She can't respond. Okay, I know. But this song is old. Like, this should have been outrage, quote unquote, like, when it came out. Well, let's be clear. If you've old. done your research, uh, Beyonce is one of the six people that Tina Turner follows on Instagram. Period. And Beyonce don't even follow her. Now, that's the shade. The, the other thing is Beyonce hasn't responded to why Solange kicked Jay-Z's ass in the in the elevator. And she hasn't responded to the fact that she's charged $3,000, $5,000 tickets and isn't dancing. Now, that's what she better respond to. Because the money I pay for tickets, Beyonce, if you get up there and you don't dance, Julie is going to be working that day because I'm coming and tackling your ass on stage. Not Julie. All right, well, look, anyway, that wasn't even the tea. That was just an update on what we've been doing this week. That's crazy. So now it's time to get into the tea with Jason Lee. For those of you who are looking at our YouTube numbers, please understand that this is a holistic brand. This is not your favorite YouTube community. We're also everywhere that podcasts stream and we're killing it with millions of views on Facebook where we're making lots of money. All right, well, look, um, I'm gonna get into a subject. We were talking about Beyonce and her responding to things, but this is another thing that we need Beyonce to respond to. This right here. We don't have his name because we didn't put his face up there, but put her daddy's picture up. Where's he at? This one. This man right here, the creator of one of the biggest artists in the world, one of the biggest girl groups in the world, Matthew Knowles. Why he got that little skunk patch of hair on the top of his head, I don't know. But this was from a photo when he had darker hair. He probably don't look like this anymore because when you lose all your money, you know, people say black don't crack. It does if you do crack and if you lose your bag. And he fumbled the bag when he fucked up his daughter's group by slinging that penis around. You know, he went and had to girlfriend on Miss Tina Knows. Miss Tina Knows who's the mother of Beyonce, this era of Michael Jackson, you know, people that we love uh, right here in this photo. Well, anyway, he now is hinting at the possibility of a reunion of Destiny's Child. Now, I'm not going to be shady because I love Kelly Rowland, so I can't say what I want to say to shade Michelle because then I would shade Kelly Rowland. So we'll just say Destiny's Child reuniting. What? I'm proud of you for not saying that. Oh, Kelly, I love Kelly to death. And Kelly loves me. I don't care for Period. Michelle, but you know, she was an add-on anyway. Well, now uh, Matthew Knowles is in the news talking about a possible reunion for uh, Beyonce and Kelly and Michelle, Destiny's Child. Anyway, he's hinting at the possibility of a Destiny's Child reunion and that there may be a new album uh, that's uh, 
in the works. I don't know. It's been a talk on social media. We don't know if what's being said on social media or not is real because we're still trying to figure out if Jamie Foxx had that stroke. Well, now one stroke that we are having is a stroke with a broad brush, and that's from Matthew Knowles thinking that, what? My transitions are fire. Come on, now, this is what I do. Let Jennifer Hudson try this shit. <laughs> Dream girl. All right, well, Matthew Knowles is saying that he supports the comeback. Not that we care about anything this man says, but he says that he wants another album. And he also mentioned that he manages the group, which means he gets 10%. I don't know. Do we want to see a Destiny Shaw reunion? Yes. I mean, I would be happy to see it, but once you become Diana Ross, you don't go back to the Supremes. See, and see, I, listen, see, see. Listen. This is my shade cam right here. Mm -mm. You see Kelly, what he did? I didn't say that. Listen, he said it. It's no shade to Kelly, but Beyonce has elevated vocally her choreography. Well, not currently. Um, her her vis her visuals, everything. I just don't see a space where Michelle falling on the floor <laughs> is an option. For a performance, I, I'm sorry. I, I mean, don't. we could sell, we could see Michelle fall on the floor judging a ball or something. <laughs> <laughs> Add her to the cast of Legendary or something. Like make her a spokesperson for McDonald's vegan menu. But like, I don't want to see. I don't. I'm not paying to see Michelle do anything. Not even an unboxing at Target. Not interested. I love Destiny Child. I just don't think Beyonce nor Kelly should be going back to that space. I, I mean, it's been almost 20 years, right? Yeah. Like, why do we? No, we don't need another album yeah. from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll see Beyonce and Kelly and maybe like rotate in that third wheel. So like bring Latavia back, bring Latoya, bring Farrah Franklin for like one show, um, bring Michelle for like the gift bag portion of the show. I don't want to see it. I think we see enough of Beyonce already. I think Beyonce's world tour right now, she could literally end her career after this. And I think we would be satisfied. Maybe do a gospel album, do like a, a, a Zoom tour. Uh, you know, where you you, you you perform with Yolanda Adams and the Kiki Shears and all those on Zoom. Like, I, 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 I'm I'm satisfied with what I've received. Absolutely. Yeah. They'll probably pull up to Renaissance, though. So there's something. No, we, no we don't need that either. Um, we don't need a Destiny Child reunion during Renaissance. I mean, maybe a spot date here and there in a big city. You yeah. know, you know they're going to pop out the ground. Yeah. Because that's what Michelle do. She'll pop up now. She better pop up and stand on them stilts because the minute she walks, she's going to fall. Uh, and we're not falling for this, Matthew. You just want more money. You want more money because I think you probably have an Ill illegitimate child out there somewhere. Allegedly. Or another relationship that you're trying to fund and keep under wraps from the world that we know. Beyonce's put you out of her world. She don't even really post her, him on her Instagram, mm -mm. right? Mm -mm. Wow, she just erased you from her whole life. So I don't know. How do people fumble a bag like that? You get the biggest artist in the world who is your daughter, who you created, and then you lose it. It's the power of that penis. I'm telling you, you have to, when you get money, because there was a moment in time where I had lost my mind uh, and I had become very reckless. I'm reckless. I'm still a little reckless, but I'm not as reckless as I was. But when you start getting money and attention and all that, and I'm, I'm assuming at that level where you have, you know, every 60-year-old in the world running after you, trying to hang on your dropping balls, I wouldn't <laughs> imagine what I would do. Uh, but I do know I'm in therapy now to prevent me from getting 60 years old and losing everything I worked hard for because I want to, you know. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's 20 year olds trying to hang off the balls, too. I mean, people <laughs> not trying to no, get close no. to Beyonce. I'm sure he but, had women of all ages and men of all ages coming at him. So, I mean, when you get to that level and you have that much money and you're around people of that level of success, I'm sure everybody's. That's what I do to Drake's dad. I see Drake's dad in the streets with the 20 something year olds and they're just clinging <laughs> off wait, wait, Drake's wait, wait, cloud. Wait, 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 wait
that's my friend. Dennis uh, Graham. Dennis is the homie. Correct. Dennis, I didn't, I've never seen you with a 20-year-old. Now, I've seen I've Dennis seen with some older Asian woman. Now, I think that's his girl. I think he's yeah. in a relationship. Now. But he was in the streets. Don't get it twisted. I saw him at Nobu. How once. long ago? Two years ago. I think he been in a ago. relationship for a couple of years. Maybe like it was four and or I five years And I have stories. Okay, well, listen. We ain't out in Aubrey Graham because, I mean, Aubrey. Dennis Graham, because Dennis going to pull up to the show one day. Maybe play Smasher Pass and put all the women in there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You'll be a great guest. Dennis, pull up. All right. Well, listen, I think we've sounded off on that. Um, and I just want to say this show is not messy because I know some of you are like, oh, my God, this is messy. You're, you're eating it up and you're sharing it and you're telling all your friends about it. But it's not really being messy. We're just saying what a lot of you won't say. You, you won't say this because it's taboo to talk about Beyonce. We're not talking about Beyonce. We're actually saying Beyonce is a phenomenal artist. She's the best that's out right now. Uh, and that we love Kelly Rowland. Kelly Rowland got better skin than everybody in your phone book. And we, we also said that um, Michelle Williams is irrelevant. And that's true. And there's there's nothing wrong with all those truths existing in an ecosystem of your lies. So we wish you all the best. And Matthew Knowles, um, just retire. Just get a paper route. <laughs> right. What's the next subject? Bye. Okay, so this next person that we have to talk about. Now, Ariella, who put this show together said that Boosie is now the person that the culture goes to for their opinion on things. Is that true? Marina? Absolutely not. Allegedly. Who told you that? Ariella. <laughs> Ariella stands by that. But she lives in like the hood of Atlanta. So like maybe that's where, she, maybe at Lenox Mall or Phipps Plaza, these are the conversations they're having on the, near the sales rack. That's not what they're saying in Hollywood, New York or anywhere else in the world where the culture lives. But nonetheless, you know, we're, we're building a newfound respect for Boosie because Boosie, as you know, has been very homophobic and has stood 10 toes down on what he believes about the gays and the trans, even though he paid that grown woman to have fellatio with his underage son. But we've grown out of that and we're trying to get to a place where we can get Boosie on the show. So I'm not going to be too hard on the man. But what I will say is that Boosie is doing something positive. So we have to give him props when he is doing things outside of trolling on Instagram or getting pulled over by the police. Boosie's actually showing fans how much of a family man that he actually is. Now, the rapper showed progress he's making building an entire neighborhood in his backyard. Now, the crazy part of when I read that in prepping for today's show was I was thinking of like backyards like Oprah or Tyler Perry, you know, where they have like acres on acres on acres. Well, we ain't gonna mm -hmm. say fields because these black people, you know, black oh people in fields. No, I know. <laughs> this why this why Ron DeSantis, this why you need to have books in your schools. Choose words wisely. Because you gotta choose your words. <laughs> you got this Croatian sent between two <laughs> and she said them got fields and I don't know <laughs> what was about to go down on the show. This is why I don't say shit. <laughs> no, you can. They gonna be in the comments like, what she say about the field? Uh, she didn't say nothing about y'all. She didn't say nothing about y'all. All right. Acres, but acres, 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 acres. Yes, fields, fields on fields on fields, fields of dreams. But anyhow, we're, Boosie's now building a whole neighborhood in his backyard. I don't know how big the block is. I don't know if the neighborhood is five centimeters or if it's five <laughs> acres. I don't know, but he's dedicating uh, to building this backyard neighborhood for his family and close friends. Now, here's Boosie with his eight children. I don't know their names. I know they're all well dressed. I know they're all good looking and the fact that this man is standing there with his eight children when half of us don't have a picture with our father is amazing because i don't even know where a picture with me and my father is you know he died so that's not happening all right um so the neighborhood is equipped with modern facilities like a movie theater a base a basketball court a swimming pool 
And uh, the streets are even named after all of his kids. Now, let me show you just a muted video of the backyard while I talk over it. So this is actually acres on acres on acres. There's the big trees. That looks like the Tyler Perry set we did um, while in out in. Swimming pool ain't got no lifeguard, but they got green grass. Okay. I mean, I don't know if, oh, they even got a putting green. So that means Serena can pull up with her new baby. It's never going to happen. Uh, and anyway, he's building this area for him and his family and friends to be able to celebrate living next to one another, playing basketball. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. Is that a rainbow tent? Okay, that must be for his gay manager. <laughs> or ain't his sister gay too? She's a lesbian. Something like somebody in his family is gay. He just don't want little 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 Ivy Lane. Okay. Um, I think it's dope. Would you want to have a community with all your family and friends in the backyard? I say no. Mm -mm. I, yeah, absolutely. I would want to compound with you. Them. Want Rogina in your backyard? Yes. As listen, I love Rogina. You know, I love her. She's she go a little too far with Rogina the, is Rob's listen. mother, who <laughs> is a Bible thumping preacher who goes out and ministers to the homeless and the people who are wicked on the streets of Chicago. She does, and she don't like some of the choices that you make. She does not. And she she does not approve of a lot of your lifestyle. She does not. And if Rogina lived in an in the air conditioned building in your backyard while you were having people pull up under that rainbow tent, there would be problems <laughs> at the compound. But see, this is the thing about a compound. Like I can have the party house a little further away from where Rogina is. She don't have to have access. I'll have a little gate. But all that screaming and moaning coming out the windows, are you crazy? <laughs> She'll think it's an exorcism or something. She'd be in some all the pastors. And I would be completely fine with having a space where I could celebrate with like family and friends and have everybody close by. I would love that. I would actually really love that. Well, if I lived in your backyard, I would actually make flyers to your gay party and I would go <laughs> pass them out to Rogina and everybody in the backyard. I'd be in the backyard like, y'all know it's some gay shit going on over there at well, the party house. It'll be and I'm pulling up because Rob just took me to the Abbey and it was a time. Really? Mm -hmm. You didn't really get a real gay party experience. No. I have to I have to pull up with you when you go with y'all. You got to go to New York. That's different. Yeah, I heard that's different. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So I, I don't know. I wouldn't want to live back there. I don't even talk to a lot of friends and family members like that to have them in my backyard every day. Because, you know, the thing about it is, you know, some people pull up and ask for sugar, ketchup, stuff like that. But when people start <laughs> wanting to pull up and borrow your Givenchy... Or like use your Dolce or, or borrow borrow a cell phone like that would become problematic. You can have a sign up out sheet. You were just talking about the no, sign -up. that's Chris Jenner, but all that weird shit they be doing over there in Calabasas. So. I don't know. I mean, I think it's great and commendable that he's doing what he's doing, but I'm still worried about the culture that's going to come out of it because I feel like while I do respect what he's doing, I feel like he's going to have a conversion tent for the family members that are gay. Oh, I feel Lord. like he's going to have a tent with strippers to suck off the little boys. Like I'm just worried about it. I don't listen allegedly. Listen, I'm just saying I don't know what's going to be happening there. I want to say I, I'm supporting this and saying that it's great. We should champion this man when he's doing something positive. But I also still want to know the culture of what's going to come out of this environment because I don't want to experience wait, 15 wait, wait, more wait, people you, coming out. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> the, the what? A suck on a what? A tent with strippers to suck off the little boys. Isn't this now, allegedly I have what happened? To say, this allegedly. is why all of you out there that say I'm messy, look at the community I'm a part of. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but it's real shit though. But here's what I will say as a positive, because Boosie, I just still want you on the show, so I gotta flip it a little bit. <laughs> if you can afford to create the world that you live in, and if you have children, the world that we live in right now, I went to Stockton a week ago to talk to third, seventh, and eighth graders. And as I'm walking down the hallway, the one thing that came in my mind was 
there are grown people that actually walk in hallways like this to kill little kids. Like, how would I feel if my kids had to go to a public school? So if I was rich enough to create my own school in my backyard, you drive down a little Ivy Lane, your, your street to get to your school, or you can go in PE, you can swim in your swimming pool, you can go to a little, little you know, 7-Eleven the, in the backyard. You create your own little world. Because my house right now is, we don't have a 7-Eleven and we ain't got no school, but I literally can be in my house all day long. And just be be safe. So I don't know. I do feel like there's something where you, you're building that community. But I, I agree, it's the culture because the other person that did it was the man that gave them all that Kool Aid, and they all sipped the Kool Aid and died. What was his name? Jim Jim. Uh, what's his name? Jim Jones. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, Boosie, uh, big badass backyard Boosie. Good luck to you and whatever you're building over there in the backyard. Uh, just keep the cameras rolling and um, please don't get the tent with the strippers because that that visual right there going to have you in prison. He still can go to prison for that, by the way. Well, because it's illegal to pay for somebody grown to suck off your child. Yes. It's called pedophilia. Oh, Lord. Okay. Allegedly. No, he said it. He did oh, a bit. Okay. They don't allegedly. I'm trying to protect the show. <laughs> Bye, Boosie. <laughs> Okay, now here's now this is crazy right here. This soccer player right here was just called a monkey. Now, this is his name. His name is Vinicus. I think it's Vinicius, Vinicius. Vinicius. I don't know. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Vin Jr. He's a Brazilian soccer player. Before y'all look at him and say, oh, he black, he not Brazilian. I keep trying to tell y'all, when they gave us that cruise back in Africa, they just dropped us off in different countries, but we all black. And some of y'all don't do no history, and if you're in Florida, Ron DeSantis took the books out to school, so you can't even figure it out anyway. Well, this Brazilian soccer player is in the news. Uh, he plays for uh, Madrid, Real Madrid, and he's been trending after racist fans called him a monkey during the La Liga match between Valencia and Real Madrid. Now, referee had to stop the whole game because uh, the soccer player was going back and forth with fans. Now the ref and players came over to see what was going on and caught the fans chanting racial slurs, calling him a monkey and telling him that he should die. Now here's a video uh, of them yelling mono, which is monkey in Spanish. Take a look. Now, uh, the chanting was so bad that the soccer player couldn't hold back his tears. Now, here's him actually getting emotional. Shout out to all of his teammates who were actually comforting him because I know that took a lot. You're in an arena or a stadium of like 90,000 people screaming monkey. You know, what do you do? Um, what do you all think? I feel like this has happened a bunch of times. And he even said he did an update and he was like, this hasn't happened once or twice or three times to me. And it's fucking disgusting. And I feel so bad. It happens worldwide. Like. And it's the culture of sports, and it's disappointing. Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. I think last year we had the young lady who played volleyball for Duke who experienced this, and they had to throw the fans out. And then she got attacked on social media because people were saying that she made it up. And then you have people like Tiger Woods who've spoken out about their experiences with this kind of thing happening where they've been called, you know, constantly to try and, you know, affect their game. But at the end of the day, like, 
this world of sports is supposed to be a space where you can come together and celebrate together, but black people walk into any space and we constantly are met with this kind of racism. It's just disappointing. Mm -hmm. It's heartbreaking. Well, and I'll, and I'll be honest with you. This is why I say, I know like you're in an interracial relationship and I know that you get and digest work within and live in the culture. And it's, it, it that's, that's, that's not always the norm for people who date outside their race. Like I can't date somebody who doesn't understand the struggle. Like you're, I'm not gonna be able to go home to somebody that can comfort me for going through something like that. Because it also takes a certain level of mindset to not wanna go and say, this why your shit all fucked up. This is why, you know, cause when things happen to people that are not black, black people naturally feel empathetic because we've actually gone through shit. And I feel like sometimes when you look at a video like this, like why does this not make the entire world mad? The mm -hmm. entire world should be mad. Asians should be mad. Indians should be mad. Uh, uh, Muslims should be mad. Croatians are mad. Black people, we should all be mad. But why is it that we can see something like this? And this is racism like overtly in our face. Let me tell you the other racism, right? There's like the Trojan horse now, which is like the house mentality of some of you blacks who work in spaces where you have a control or influence over the culture, but keep other blacks from it or hate on other blacks or call them messy or label them in a way because you know that if they get close to that level of greatness, you may disappear because that's that fear of not having enough or that inferiority complex that some of you have. And then there's the lack of like understanding that, and this is a conversation we just had with a brand yesterday, a Fortune 500 brand we've been having with lots of brands is that don't come to Hollywood Unlock or me to sponsor something I'm doing. Because a sponsorship is something you put on uh, a trunk of a boxer while they're fighting something or a sport. No, this sport of being black and living in blackness and culture is a lifelong commitment. You don't get to wash it off. You don't get to take it off. You don't get to unzip it. It is what it is. So what I said to them is you have to invest in the culture. You have to invest. You have to plant seeds and then you have to continue to put resources in to water those seeds. So that way, the fruit that comes from that investment actually benefits a generation beyond what you're experiencing. And I feel like when you look at something like this and you look at the teams, like the teams of football players or baseball players or basketball players, those teams trade around black folks like slaves. They, it's called trading. In music, your music that you create, the art you create, is the masters is controlled by people that look like what masters and racism will look like. I know this is a lot for some of you TikTok community people who just watch 15 second clips and don't know shit about what's going on in the world, but you'll get it later. Hopefully it won't be too late when your son is incarcerated in prison. That's an extension of slavery. Go watch the 13th Amendment, bitch. I can't give it all to you in one hour. But either way, when I look at something like, like this, it hurts me. And this even makes you think about your own, like where you are with having kids. You want to have kids one day. Mm -hmm. Do you want to have kids? Absolutely. Rob, what are you going to do with a child? For real? <laughs> Raise them right. That's I'm what I'm gonna, gonna be do. Your surrogate. I told you. <laughs> you didn't say that. Yeah, I did. I told you I was gonna be your surrogate. Okay, I'll carry let's your do baby. it. That's a burden that you do not want to carry. <laughs> well, either way, now that we're in the stages of our lives where we're thinking about children, this the world we're gonna bring them into. Because if you call my, if my son is kicking a soccer ball around, you call him monkey. I'm coming up in the raptor and beating your ass right there on camera. Yeah. Why not? And the sheer number of people who participated in that mm -hmm. chant is, is is so disappointing because like the personal accountability that I would have to take to stand in that space and and I just I just can't imagine standing there and participating. It's 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 infuriating. Well, this is why every time I see a game where somebody white says something crazy to a black person and then that black person turns turns around and beats them down, this is why I share it on my Facebook because I 
know that black people are tired. We are tired, 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 tired of it. And until uh, it changes, people are going to be frustrated. Well, this soccer player actually released a statement. And this is what he said. Damn, this is a long ass message. Johnny, goddamn. <laughs> Basically, he said it wasn't the first time that this happened or the second or third and that this is normal activity. And he says that he thinks that the competition is normal uh, and the Federation does, too, and the opponents encourage it. So he's sorry. Anyway, read that. Screenshot it. Keep going on. Now, Puma has condemned the team's racist fans and at least seven people have been arrested. How seven people get arrested out of 90,000 people chanting? Right. That part. Wasn't enough. What they should have did is did what they did to us in Paris when we were leaving that club. Pepper spray the whole stadium. <laughs> to get out, you know, to get out the club. You don't know what happened. Basically, wow. I went to jail. Oh, I heard you. I got out of jail. I went to the party. Then we went to an after party. And in order to get out the club, they pepper sprayed the whole club. So I was smoking a hookah and thought I was digesting anthrax. <laughs> I thought I was being poisoned. But then the whole club started choking. So I thought we're, we're, we're getting killed, you know? Anyway. This is horrible. Bye. All right. Well, listen, this is this is also horrible. And I'm probably not going to sound uh, very empathetic to it because I'm so tired of talking about this. And hopefully this is the last time we talk about it. John ja Morant. John ja Morant is a basketball player. He plays for the Grizzlies. I'm going to make this really fast because this is this is the segment of the doing dumb shit show. And John ja Morant is a basketball player doing dumb shit. Now, apparently this is a very successful basketball player. I don't know. I don't watch basketball. I only go to to the all-star game to sit front row and watch all these beautiful men run back and forth up and down the court. I don't know nothing about nothing. All right, so just last week, we talked about this NBA player, John Morant, being suspended for a second time just in two months. And this was after he was brandishing a, a fire gun, a firearm. Now, he brandished a second gun on, on another Instagram Live. And now here are the two incidents. Let me show you side by side. The top one was when he was in the strip club. Apparently, he was getting a lap dance and felt the need to pull out a strap. Sounds so stupid. And then the second one was when he was riding around in his homie's car like he was in GTA with this <laughs> idiot who put him on Instagram Live. Stupid. Let me just post this. What was the reason, bitch? Why? 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 What was the reason? Well, anyway, several players and analysts went on and on and on. I'm not playing you all the videos. You can go Google it yourself. You can YouTube. You go to Hollywood Unlocked. Check it out. He got so much criticism from the industry. People were basically saying he should just lose it all. And then he met with the NBA commissioner, and the NBA commissioner said that he even believed that he was seriously regretful for what he did. Now, he released a statement back then saying that my words may not mean much right now, but I take full accountability for my actions. And then he was dropped from some deals. He even had an eight-week suspension or eight-game suspension. Either way, they had to do a whole welfare check on the man, since then, he posted something on Instagram. Do we have the post where he said that he was on his way out? Do we have it? Basically, this is what he posted on his Instagram story. Love your mama. Love your pops. You the greatest baby girl. Love you. Bye. Stay strong. Now, people thought that this was his cry for killing himself. And I'm going to tell you something, and I know I'm going to get criticism for what I'm going to say. Because it's Mental Health Month, and people are going to say you shouldn't say that. It's not, it's not nice to say and all that. And I have to say, let me first do a disclaimer. Okay, this is a disclaimer. We should put this up at the beginning of every show. <laughs> Mental health is real. I struggle from it. I'm in therapy from it. I've had situations in my life where I have felt suicidal or thought of leaving the earth. People out there feel it. It is a real thing, so I don't play with that. Uh, and I hate when people play with that. 
And I want to say, especially during Mental Health Month, that if you feel that way, you should find people that care enough about you to reach out to you, to talk to you. And if you feel like nobody does, you go reach out to somebody else, okay? But I have to say that this right here, I felt was gaslighting the culture to say, please don't kill yourself. We need you. We don't. We don't care about how many balls you could dribble. We don't care about your slam dunk or your free throws. We don't care about your three-point shots. We don't even care about shots you take in the club with that gun you had. You are an idiot. You came from the slums, worked yourself up out the gutter. You took the mud off your boots, and you got that big-ass check to go out there and entertain. And the only thing I've seen from you is you wielding guns in public. You a fool. You surrounded by fools. And if I look at you and your friends side-by-side like we just did them two incidents, I wouldn't know who the biggest fool is. The fact that God gave you all them blessings and you fucked them all off because you want to be a Go be a Go sign up and work at Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. Oop, that ain't even a possibility for you. But what you can do is you can either make a decision right now that you want to be a role model and an example to all the young black boys who are running around, wielding guns, playing around like this is some type of game, and then accidentally killing themselves like this boy just did his little brother back in my hometown. Or you can actually take real responsibility and not do the stupid shit you're doing. And the last thing is if you're going to follow through with something, like if you're going to say you're going to learn from your lessons and not do it anymore, then learn from that and follow through and don't do it. Or if you're going to say bye and kill yourself, all I'm saying is follow through with something. Because at this point, this hamster wheel of broken promises and letdowns and fuck up after fuck up, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm not sorry. And this is just Jason Lee saying, regardless of what the comments say, you're a fucking idiot. Now, I'm saying that during Mental Health Month because sometimes you have to love people in a painful way. That is my unadulterated, um, unfiltered, and unapologetic tough love. Absolutely. Look, if you are really feeling suicidal, go talk to someone. But like you said, but for me, it felt like an attempt to gaslight us into supporting him and, and pushing the narrative that he should be back on that floor. But at the end of the day, if we're now adding a mental health issue to the conversation and you're brandishing firearms, they're not going to roll out a red carpet for you to come back and play. Like you're just shooting yourself, shooting yourself in the foot. So... Uh, no pun yeah, intended. No pun intended. I just think, you know, make make smarter choices. Rob, I have to... Don't be fucking Don't rude. <laughs> Appropriate. Yeah. What do you think? I agree. I am tired of giving him a platform and a spotlight because clearly he needs some help and I just pray for him and... I hope he don't go back to the NBA because now he's had multiple chances. I don't think he's taking advantage of it. I it, It's really given. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? That's what it's giving. And I, 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 I'm saying right now that if Kyrie Irving can be suspended, his entire career be in jeopardy of him losing everything in the world because he retweeted a link to a, a, an alleged anti-Semitic documentary, this person who is doing things and being performative to a community that is that has lack of resources that he has, but yet has more violence than, uh, than he's probably experiencing right now, he should lose it all. I, would, I don't feel like anybody who is saying that he does not deserve to lose it are people who are pandering to the belief that we can behave any way we want without accountability. And I feel like we should be accountable, we should hold ourselves accountable, we should hold each other and our community accountable before we wait for these other people to do so. Um, now, when he posted this whole goodbye letter to his mom, his dad, and his daughter, and all this and that, and he said basically he was out of here, 
he wasn't. They said that he was fine. The Shelby County Sheriff's Office official said that he's simply just taking a break from social media. He should have took the break before he put the second gun up. <laughs> now, you need to learn when to take breaks. You saw the other night when uh, the Denver Nuggets shut out the Lakers. LeBron knew when to take a break. He, he was broke. He walked off and said he's retiring. Follow LeBron's example and take a break. NBA, make it a permanent one. Um, I think they're hiring at Walmart, period. I, I don't feel sorry for you. You know, when I see videos of Delonte West on the streets panhandling and being embarrassed or humiliated on social media, I feel sorry for him yeah. because we don't know what led to his mental health break to where he now is just so out of it that he literally lost everything. That's the person we should be fighting to save, not some idiot who wants to run around and play Call of Duty with Leroy from Apartment 6. This shit is fucking embarrassing. And you know what's so crazy is that when white people see us, they see you. When, when they see us, they see all your foolery. Like, we didn't get his, his money. Look at him. Can take the the hood, but can't take the gun out of his hand. You're just a fool. Now, let me move on to another fool, all right? I know a lot of you are not going to like what I'm saying here because it's, it's, it's you don't like when I do my job. You know what's so crazy? I did this Amanda Seals podcast, uh, Small Doses. It's coming out soon. Amanda, I had a great time. You tried it. But I hope everybody enjoys it. Uh, you know, I did the interview and I will say that I'm no longer doing interviews, not be just because of that, but because I have my own platform and I don't have to, I sometimes go to interviews because I just want to show love and support the black folks. But, uh, and this comment right here has nothing to do per se with that. But I do want to say that I realize I don't have to do interviews. I'm not doing any more interviews because I'm not going to defend who I am and what I do. Like I'm going to tell you something right now where a lot of you are going to probably feel some type of way. And I don't care because this person right here, Takashi six, nine, you know, we have a little history with him. Now, I have a love-hate relationship with you, Takashi. You know that. And I'm going to get into it right now. And you know this is me simply doing my job. So if you see it, you can gummo gummo all you want. But it is what it is. Now, Dirk used to say he wanted 6ix9ine dead. And a lot of you watching want 6ix9ine dead. And those of you in that bathroom at that gym who tried to beat his brains out, beat the whole skittle out the left side of his head, you wanted him dead. Well, he's not dead. And Dirk says he doesn't want him dead either. Now, Chicago rapper, rapper Lil Durk appears to have changed his whole mind and has a change of heart when it comes to Brooklyn rapper Takashi 6ix9ine. Now, 6ix9ine has wished ill will on him. He's uh, wished ill will on Dirk. Well, either way, uh, none of them want to die or be dead or the other person to be dead at this point. Now, this is what... Uh, now, let me give you a brief recap of how the whole beef began. Now, when 6ix9ine was outed as an FBI informant back in 2009, remember that's when he was snitching on the blood gang, the bloods had ushered him in, he was making everybody a whole bunch of money, and then he snitched on all his homeboys. Well, um, Dirk was among many celebrities that call him a snitch and a rat, and then 6ix9ine got released from prison early because he went and testified on everybody. Remember, he was bringing rappers into the courtroom, their names into the situation, they had nothing to do with anything because he's like me. And I'm not a snitch because I'm not in the streets. But if I was to get in, you know, get caught up in some shit with any of y'all, I would tell on every single one of you. But that's because I'm not a snitch. I'm a civilian. Well, he was technically a gangster rapper. Allegedly. Uh, and so when he did it, the whole culture and everybody, blood gangs all over the world got upset. He had dropped a few songs. He had dropped a bunch of rappers who had never released a number one song, and Dirk was one of those people. Then, remember, in Chicago, he started talking about a lot of the rappers who had been murdered, started making mockeries of them, pulling up the O Block in the middle of the night, taking videos and pictures, acting like he was doing whatever. He, he was trolling Lil Dirk's cousin, uh, Nooski, uh, who had died. And then he just did a lot of other things. Well, anyway, here's a photo of, of 6 9 on O Block, in case you never saw that. 
Old Block is a place in Chicago where you can't pull up like that if you are op and then walk out the way that you came. Apparently, they say he did it in the middle of the night when everybody was sleeping. I guess gangsters take time off, too. Now, uh, Dirk claims someone from 6ix9ine's camp tried to pay him $3 million to keep their beef alive. Now, this is the video of Dirk's $3 million offer. Take a look. Bundles. So all this shit fake, right? But let me tell you this. That bitch-ass label called me. Somebody from his camp. I ain't gonna say it label. Somebody from his camp called somebody from my camp. Somebody that gave me $3 million to keep trolling with this shit, right? Dead. I hope y'all on here looking and listening. That shit dead, man. I never turn my back on the fucking streets. Ever. I'm the fucking voice, you know what I'm saying? That money shit ain't gonna change the motherfucker. So I ain't gonna never respond to this ever fucking again. 6ix9ine then dragged Dirk's protege, King Von. King Von was the guy who was murdered in Atlanta. He dragged him into the drama when he was killed. He dropped a laughing emoji under a post of Vaughn's passing and then insinuated that Dirk should kill himself since he lost Nooski and now Vaughn. This is the photo of 6ix9ine telling Dirk to kill himself. Take a look. This is crazy. And then when Dirk dropped a new song honoring Vaughn, 6ix9ine accused him of using Vaughn's name for sales and said for Vaughn to, quote, rest in piss. Now, Dirk had ignored the comments at the time. And then things kind of went silent until 6ix9ine went on DJ Academics podcast and told him to set up a fight between him and Dirk. Then 6ix9ine dragged Dirk's lookalike Perkyo into the drama. Remember the guy that looked like him, a social media influencer? This is a video of 6ix9ine and Perkyo. Take a look. Let's show you. Look. Look. This guy broke the jacket. Now, I'm not going to go back and forth with a lot more of this. 6ix9ine did a lot of things to disrespect a lot of dead people. We all know in the hood, like, this is why a lot of crime in our communities happen among gangs because when one person dies, then you got to go retaliate, then the retaliation keeps going, and nobody that doesn't look like us cares enough to intervene because it don't affect them. Well, anyway, um, a whole song came out with six. Uh, uh, Dirk came back with a song and told Six Nine that his crew would quote get hurt if he catches him lacking. Now a lot of people believe that Dirk wanted Six Nine to die like a lot of you did. Well, Dirk recently sat down with DJ Academics, had a whole conversation about where he is with it all now, and this is what he said: Once you got at him with that song with Drake, please don't play that little boy in the club. We don't want some rats or whatever. I I personally felt you shut. You shut the chapter on going back and forth with him or issues with him. I just want to hear from the horse's mouth, like, what was your overall thought before it? And then why after that song, I've never seen you kind of address it again, really. Except for this recent being which you want to talk about. I'm going to knock all your teeth at your mouth. That's all I think in my head. I'm going to see you. I'm going to knock all your teeth at your mouth. I don't want nobody did. Wow. Why won't you did? Give me a good reason why I won't see that did. Well, I think people thought. I think people no, thought that's the, that's that's their situation and what they felt about their people. What did you do that somebody else ain't ain't doing YouTube or something? I don't know. What do you think? I respect Little Dirk for that, and the, it, for me, it takes me back. We've been talking a lot about that Tupac documentary that's out, and. We lost Tupac, then we lost Biggie, and then it's this spiral, uh, uh, this epidemic of gun violence, especially within this hip hop community. It's like, 
the conversation has been it's hard to be a rapper. And I think about it from the perspective of Chicago because that's my city. And we have Common, we have Kanye, and then now the legacy of rappers from Chicago has kind of been destroyed because they've all been murdered. So the idea that you have to kill someone because you disagree with them is so, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. Death is final. And I respect him for saying this publicly because I think NLE Chopper came on your show, on the Jason Lee show and talked about this. Battle it out in a song. We don't have to kill each other. You can hate each other, not have respect for each other, but you don't have to take a life because that's final. So I respect him for saying that because there's a lot of people in the street who are going to hear him say that and understand that you don't have to kill someone just because you disagree with them. Mm -hmm. And he didn't say he didn't want him hurt, though. He's like, I just want to punch part. his teeth out. So <laughs> it's like, and I feel like the only way to kill a rat is to stop giving him cheese, stop mm -hmm. giving him bait along. So if Dirk said something, it just created back and forth. And I'm from Chicago, too. So I was... When 6ix9ine was there, I was there. It was a whole thing. The news was covering it. Like, it's just giving him more shit to make him bigger. So I feel like the only way to shut it down is saying you don't want him dead. I Look, and, and also, if you do want somebody dead, you, t you say you don't want them dead publicly in case they die. <laughs> <laughs> so just because he said you don't want him dead doesn't mean that Dirk's not trying to get the dirt done, right? And look, I, I don't want 6ix9ine dead. Uh, I don't care if he's alive or dead. He doesn't move the needle or move the post for me over here. I, of course, you know, every time the team at Hollywood Lock posts something about him, he's quick to text me or DM it or something and want something else. And I said recently to WAC 100, I'm not his publicist anymore. And I sent WAC a text. And this is where WAC, y'all know WAC is the one that introduced me to Kanye. WAC's messy ass did exactly what Kanye would have did. And he took my text and he put it in a group text with 6ix9ine. And this is what the text said. I said, we have one more episode with Revolt until our next order. 6ix9ine should do it. If he ain't fucking with us, we aren't posting nothing about him unless he dies. I stand by what I said. I mean, at some point, you have to understand we're not a publicity firm. We are a platform to do interviews, just like I told the White House I'm going to interview Trump when he ready. <laughs> So y'all can say what you want in the comments. I interview people. I interview Trump. I interview Biden. I interviewed uh, uh, 6 9 Lil Dirk, whatever. But, you know, uh, he's wanted to come on the platform. But this is where I say, like, this is not a platform where you're going to come and play around and yell and scream and try to grandstand. You guys should come here and answer questions people want to know, people want answers to. Right now, I see he's moving very strategically. Now, one thing I will say about 6 9 he's smart as fuck. He's doing a lot of press in the Latin community. He's doing a lot of collaborations with the Latin community. And he's blowing up and doing crazy numbers in the Latin community. So one thing I have to give him credit for is he knows how to work the internet. He knows how to work his set like a stunt queen I've never seen in my life. <laughs> All right. But uh, either way, uh, 6 9 we don't want you to die. We don't want you to get your teeth knocked out. Dirk does. But we do want you to pull up to Hollywood Unlocked. And if you don't, we won't talk about you again until after today. Because we weren't supposed to talk about him today either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Until you die. Okay. Bye. This is a this is a really quick one. Now, Duvall, you know, you be in the comments at Hollywood Unlocked, and we don't we we actually think you're funny as hell. But you said something that actually was very thought provoking. You posted this and got the internet on fire, and I don't think I disagree with you. This is what he said. He said nobody scammed black people in the pandemic more than black people. I witnessed with my own eyes finesse their own people and made millions. They took advantage of y'all ambition, and when someone tried to warn y'all, y'all got defensive. I mean, I don't disagree. I will say shout out to Blue from Pretty Ricky who went to prison for all the scamming he did with the, with the PPP money. But a lot of y'all fucked it up with businesses like mine that actually could have thrived with the money, couldn't get it because y'all was out buying Gucci and Louis and shit looking like you had it when you didn't. I feel like black folks should have took the money 
and started their businesses or invested in real estate or did stuff. Y'all went out and bought every Bentley, Ferrari, and everything. Y'all couldn't even afford the maintenance on. You didn't take care of your baby mamas or your babies. <laughs> you didn't enroll in no school. You still spelling shit wrong, you know, and then took advantage of all of the people in the in in the culture with that cash and took away from the businesses, the small black businesses that the person that's over there in DC run the SBA, that I don't know how he got the job. <laughs> isn't even doing. Do you feel like there's some legitimacy to what he said? I didn't see the I didn't really see the side of black people scamming black people. I know there were a lot of people finessing everybody and I know a lot of people finesse the PPP thing. I know you and I one day drove into Beverly Hills and it looked like they were having a swap meet at the Louis Vuitton store. But <laughs> y'all made Louis Vuitton put a picture up that said no EBT or no <laughs> no e, no EDD or no PPP, it said, basically it was a sign that said, don't bring that scamming shit up in here. <laughs> now y'all made Louis Vuitton, one of them stores, do you remember that? Yes, there was like signs yes. that said, and 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 I mean, I I don't want to sound like a bougie black cause I, I'm, I'm on the borderline of bougie and, and ghetto, I'm bougetto. <laughs> I don't never wait in the line at a designer store. We had to wait in the line because a lot of y'all had them PPP rollouts. <laughs> y'all had PPP and y'all was in line buying every piece of Gucci product you could find. And then now that it dried up and everybody's going to prison, everybody's yep. losing everything, it's almost like it's foolish. And now I will say there was a woman who came on Hollywood Unlocked and used our platform, and she was in the whole PPP world, and she was scamming. And they was they were lighting me up in the comments telling me how she had scammed so many people. Do you remember her? Yep. So, yeah, that's not I'm not name. giving her no more. She was teaching people how to build grants and, and stuff. And so I had to change my whole purpose of supporting <laughs> black brands and, like, really focusing on the research before we actually gave people the platform. But yeah, I do feel like generally though, we do take advantage of our own. We do take advantage of our own more. Uh, I was, I'm gonna put this out there. Larry Jackson. Larry Jackson, who was at Apple, he, he got stock in Apple. He was a part of the whole Beats by Dre thing. His wife is the former assistant to Kim Kardashian. Now, Larry, you know I've texted you several times to meet up with you. You know how I built the relationship with Larry? After Kanye put me and him in a text after he told Kanye not to fuck with me. I had never done anything to Larry. I'm like, what happened? He put me in a text with him and said, don't fuck with that. So so he, he said to Kanye, so Kanye put me and Larry Jackson in a text message together and said, tell him why you said don't fuck with him. So I called Larry and me and Larry, Larry, you know, we had this conversation. You said I hurt your feelings when I was on the black on the breakfast club. And I said that all the at Apple are house because they're out uh, taking advantage of the culture. Now, the reality of what a house represented was that was the one that the white people let into the house and gave a little bit of stock in the game to manage all the field. And Larry's feelings got hurt because I remember years ago when we would go to Beats to Beats and we would try to get sponsorship for brunches or ideas to bring the culture to life. They would say no, no, no. And they would send these well-dressed with Jordans on and all they little drip. You know, all you they got drip. My drip dripping more than y'all now because I'm rich and you're not. But either way, they would send you all in with the drip to tell me why you weren't going to give me no money. And so I felt like this is really what house shit is. You find a who will go get a bunch of to come and dress the part to go in as the Trojan horse to the culture, make you think they give a fuck about it, get you to post and shit for free or for a piece of product to make it look like that you move in culture, but you really not, while they get richer, they over there, them, thou, they, you know, that's the, that's the pronoun and I'm talking about that over there. So the fact that Kanye put us together, I would text Larry and say, when are we gonna get together to talk about how you can invest in culture? When are we gonna get together so you can talk about mm. culture, bringing in culture? And Larry has yet to pull up. And even mm. when we had the brunch with Ye and all the media, the future brunch, 
Larry, he was texting Larry and us in the group chat saying we all need to come together. Ye was saying we all need to come together and work together to move and build the culture because together we win and without each other we lose. And Larry didn't pull up. Fast forward to when Kanye was offered $100 million. I know I'm spilling all that. I'm, I'm going to keep that for the book. Anyway, Larry, uh, I, I think that he's talking about you. I think he's talking about you and those of you that do that, that politic with the culture. You know, there's not one brunch Oprah Winfrey can invite me to to make me go and, and sing slave songs and act like I know what going on, going through in the hood because my feet are still on the ground and some of you are floating on a pink cloud of hope from them. Uh, and I hope that you do better. But yeah, Duval, I think you have something there. You should keep talking about it. Uh, come on the show, we can get into it. I have yep. never had wanted to take myself out of a conversation <laughs> more because I am not black and I'm not trying to say nothing. Y'all yeah, <laughs> are not gonna cancel me. They're gonna be in the comments like, know that Oreo set over there with the two blacks and the white in the middle. But you know, I feel like, again, like the black experiences, it goes beyond just black people because we all live in the same world where our intersections everywhere in life collide into one another. And uh, I, I'm not afraid to have these conversations. Now, some of you are going to say I'm not black enough because that's what white supremacy did. They made colorism a thing for some of you to subscribe to. So you're in the comments saying I'm not black enough to talk on black issues. Some of you just told me, stop saying. Mexican because my hair made you think I was Mexican when black people have different textures of hair. But again, those are all your issues that you'll work through. I've already worked through them. My 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 work, this is how I say. It was all a lie. Everything that's been told to you, every book that's been taken from you, every lack of education that you've received, uh, is not is not my fault. So um suck on that. That's it. All right. So now um we made it through. We made it. <laughs> this show is very therapeutic. You know, it is. Like it I, is. I feel like I got it all off. Yeah. But this dynamic between you guys is given for me. <laughs> well, Rico's not here today because he didn't have a haircut. Yeah, he said yeah. he wasn't camera ready. <laughs> I thought he was camera ready. He looked great. Well, um, I'll say this. Um, shout out to everybody traveling to the Dominican Republic. I know right now there is a travel advisory for people going to what country? Guam. No. Well, probably Guam too. Where? Oh, oh, there's a travel warning for all blacks. Go <laughs> what, what country? Ain't that crazy? Yeah. There's a travel warning for all y'all going to live nightclub in Miami to turn up that Ron DeSantis has got it out for the blacks. But there's a travel warning for those of you going to DR. Rico's cousin actually robbed me when I was there because he does haircuts for $10 a head. And I had him cut four heads and I gave him $400. Oh, my God. And then the next day, like a few days later, when I did another haircut, he wanted like $300 for one head. You tried it the same way Rico tried it. So haircuts, I guess, are a big thing in DR. Shout out to all y'all. All right, well, it's time for, um, where is it at? Wrong way. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. We lost an icon this week, but one thing we know for sure is that she's somewhere shaking it like a tail feather and singing down the place. What a mark Miss Tina Turner has left on this world. I mean, she influenced a great deal of performers, most notably the queen we talked about today, Beyonce. The woman who's currently being dragged with her husband over some controversial lyrics that even Tina didn't roll over about. No, it's too soon. Now, why does the internet dredge up negative things when someone passes? Why don't we just celebrate the person to highlight the good and impactful moments in their life? Now, what Tina went through is not all who she is. Now, she's an icon, the queen of rock and roll, and she taught us all how to keep on rolling, 
rolling. Uh, okay, roll, just roll down the river. But you know who also taught us how to keep it going? Destiny's Child. I mean, they taught us how to survive. We can survive. Remember the song Survivor? Rob, remember the song Survivor? Okay, well, we can go through hell and back. And one thing about it is we will always come on the other side and survive. And just like the just like the Brazilian soccer player did, who was racially abused at a game. Now he was harassed by hundreds in front of millions, but he did not let that stop him from showing up and condemning racism in its tracks. Now, as with another athlete, John Moran, despite his beyond foolish behavior that got him suspended from the NBA twice, dropped from the deals, and dragged across social media, he too will survive. He was faced with a lesson not only once but twice, forcing him to sit down, humble himself. And of course, correct it, which is what Dirk appears to be doing with 6 9 I mean, he seemingly realized that there's no point in continuing to beef with somebody who has rainbow color hair. Now, that's only going to lead to more bloodshed or incarceration. So it looks like Dirk took a page out of Boosie's book and decided to turn over a new leaf and better himself, not only for himself, but for his family and his community. Now, is Boosie the new person to look to as a good moral compass? We should ask Lil Duvall, who doesn't have an issue, pointing out things for how they really are. I mean, he called out our community for scamming its own kind. And while he may have a point, is calling out helping push the culture or is it further bringing us down? Again, as a culture, we're quick to point out the negatives, but never help correct the people on their course. So let's just do better, folks, so we can be like Tina. We can leave this planet happy and with a greater contribution. That's it for the show. I'm going to go ahead and give it applause because I got through all that. Jeez. Well, I tell you, this is all going to be so viral on Facebook. I know you're going to come over on my little Instagram and go under my thoughtful post with the kids about how I want to change the lives. Tell me I'm a part of the problem, and that's okay. I am not a monolith. I am all of it. All right. Well, this is it for the uh, episode of the Jason Lee Podcast. Until next time, make sure that you go over and follow us on the Jason Lee Show, at Jason Lee Show, and at Hollywood Unlocked on Instagram and all social media because we have fire shows coming up. This past week, we had Chloe Bailey on. In the next couple of weeks, we're taking a break because it's the holidays and want to give you guys time to digest all of the interviews that are hitting millions and millions and millions of views over there on YouTube. So make sure you pull up to Revolt's YouTube channel. And also make sure that you are downloading the podcast everywhere where it streams because the Jason Lee Show airs on the Jason Lee Podcast audio first on Mondays. And then this episode of all of the digestible tea that a lot of your souls have been waiting for airs on Friday. And if you haven't gotten our merch yet, it's almost sold out. Go over to hollywoodunlock.com slash shop. And this is what you should be buying. Take a look. The Gag Nation line is finally here. So you know when somebody tells me that I can't do something, what am I going to do? I'm going to do it. So I didn't just build my own show, The Jason Lee Show. I built my own merch line too. Why? Because the Gag Nation, all of you, you're my family. And everything is fire. Trust me. We got sneakers, robes, hoodies, slides, mugs, and a smoker's bundle with trays and grinders for all y'all that do all of that. It's a limited time drop. It's only here one time, so once it's sold out, you're never going to get it again. So head over right now to the website, hollywoodunlock.com shop to secure your spot right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, check out Hollywood Unlock's new Instagram template because we're redesigning the website, and the website will be live. The new website will be live on June 5th. 
And I told you last week about the new show, The Daily Drop with DJ Damage on Amp Radio. That airs June 26th. I'm so excited about that. So every single day, Monday through Friday, I'm going to be lighting the internet up unapologetically because Amazon dropped that big bag. Where's that? I got to do that. Bomb effect. All right, if you want to text me, here's my number. Don't give it to anybody, which is going to make you give it to everybody. 310-388-6463. It's right here, right there. Text me. Until then, I'm out. Peace. The Jason Lee Podcast.